0: Hey listeners, it's Brian. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this Friday, April 3rd, Ashvin and I are going to be having a Netflix watch party so we can all watch a movie together and chat about it while we watch it. We're going to be watching The Green Inferno, which I think is going to be pretty gory. Neither of us has ever seen it, just to warn you on that front. Uh, We're going to do it at 8 p.m. Eastern on Friday. And to do it, you've got to watch on a computer, on Google Chrome. I think it's got to be a computer. And there's a Google Chrome extension called Netflix Party. So I've posted the link on our socials to download that extension. Or you can just Google Netflix Party and download that. And then you'll be all ready to go on Friday. And Friday, I will post a link on our socials to our little party. And then you can just join and watch with us. And we can chat up as we watch it so it should hopefully be a lot of fun and we're excited to give it a try Uh, I think that's it enjoy this episode Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashwin, and today we are doing something special because it is our 100th episode. So, we're celebrating by each running through our own personal top 5 horror movies of all time. And we're going to keep this one spoiler free so that everybody can listen... And we'll probably just keep it a little bit more casual than our normal episodes, if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sound good to you, Ush? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. You were scrambling a little bit even just before we started recording, trying to get your top five in order.
1: I know, man. This was such a hard task. Uh, it, was, it was yeah, and and then like first like figuring out what five are and then trying to rank them one to five. That's pretty hard.
0: It's surprising how like mad you can drive yourself trying to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, feel like you've failed or, like, aren't being true to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And then, like, every
1: day, like, you feel like uh you're changing. Like, we've been working on this, what, like, for, like, you knew this was coming for
0: a week or two, at least. Yeah, I think so, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like every morning I would think about it and the numbers would change or the movies would change. So it's, it's kind of yeah, tough. same. Yeah. Same.
0: Yeah. There's a couple that were in for a while and then out and the order was shuffled.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Are you uh, a little worried about the level of judgment that's about to come
0: down upon us? <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty. I feel pretty comfortable with my my picks. I feel like most of them are beyond judgment, except for except for one of them.
1: Oh, okay. You're playing it pretty safe
0: then, huh? I think mine are pretty safe, and I'm not trying to. It's just what yeah. I truly think are my favorite. It sounds like you're a little scared.
1: I am i yeah yeah I, mean, I, I think mine generally uh, lean more towards like modern uh, and I don't have like a lot of the classics in there but we'll see how did you even like go about like the, did you like think like genre like what are my favorite genres and what are my favorite movies within that or did you just like open
0: space whatever well I mean we are limiting it to horror movies right
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, all uh, right, all right. Well, yeah, you said no, genres, you, like yeah. horror subgenres.
0: <laughs> Man, yeah, I so mean, g- i just like, I've always known what my first, my, my number one and number two I've always kind of known.
2: Yeah, okay. But then
0: I had to think a little bit. I've been thinking about it a little more recently just because I've got the Letterboxd app and I do some stuff on there. So I was like, I'm going to make a list of what I think is my top 10. Yeah. And I had done that weeks back, so I had kind of already had a list to work off of it, but the hard thing was organizing them. I, I had yeah. three that I knew right off the top of my head were in my top five, and then the yeah the number four number five slots were kind of like, it could have been a different movie on a different day. Yeah, 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 right. I feel you on this. How about you? What was your methodology?
1: Well, it's easy because Image Poots only has like four or five movies. <laughs> so, uh, that made this very easy exercise. <laughs> uh, no, I, I try to think about it from like, you know, uh, different subgenres, I guess, of, of horror and like a, a movie that I thought was like really representative. And, and then, yeah, to, similar to you, like kind of thinking back to like maybe my favorite like top 10 and just trying to make sure it's somewhat diverse uh, in there. Um, oh,
0: interesting. Interesting. All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I feel like. I can guess maybe two or three of yours. What, what, do you, what do you think?
0: You think you got a few of mine? I'm, Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm pretty confused about yours. Okay. Like, I maybe can guess one or two. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh. So, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much overlap. I think quite a few of mine probably won't be much of a surprise to some of our listeners. We've covered covered a few of them.
2: Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's a big, big right, reveal. Yeah, me
0: too. I'm excited to find out what yours are. Um, Me too. Before we get started, maybe I'll just do it at the top of the show. It's been 100 episodes, and we wanted to just thank all of you who listen and support the show. We're still a tiny little little show, but we're surprised by how many regular listeners we have and how engaged you guys are. We love chatting with you on Facebook and Twitter and especially Discord. And uh, we hope to continue enjoying your company for hundreds of more episodes. Hundreds, Ashwin. hundreds (laughs) hundreds
1: <laughs> are there even like that many horror films left
0: I mean I've been thinking about that more since we started and you could just you you could spend your whole life yeah damn that's crazy that's what I intend to do with this podcast man right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's that's the dream man <laughs> okay. uh, and happen.
0: Ashman man congrats to you dude we haven't missed a Wednesday in oh. nearly two years
1: that, yeah that's pretty awesome yeah congrats uh and I, I guess uh we haven't like lost an episode you know I, I know like earlier we'd lost maybe before we started recording we lost like two or three right
0: yeah, yeah um maybe we lost one or two after we had already had the podcast up and running I know oh, Creep really? show is one of those right
1: Oh you're right yeah yeah
0: yeah sure um this- but we've never i mean even when we when we've lost episodes we still cover our butts with another one
1: yeah yeah that, that's that's impressive we've kept yeah. it going. uh um, yeah, go us. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Uh, Anyway, enough dilly-dallying. Why don't you kick us off with your number five?
1: All right. Um, My number five is a movie that uh, I think came out uh, in the 2000s. It's a zombie film, uh, 28 Days Later. And I'm not a huge fan of zombie films, uh, but I thought this one is, like, one of the more effective ones. Like, uh, it was directed by Danny Boyle, I think written by... um, uh, Alex Garland uh, two people that I like I admire a lot and uh, just like the pacing and like how fast these zombies work it actually made it really scary and it was kind of refreshing to see like this scary of a zombie film uh, and there's like a adequately gory and great soundtrack uh, so it's just kind of one movie that stuck with me uh, for a long time and, and like uh, and when I think about like some of the scariest movies I've seen I feel like that one kind of captured uh, zombies in a really fresh and interesting way. Uh, yeah, so man, was, good pick.
0: I, I didn't see that one coming. That's great. I, I haven't seen that movie in too long. We should we should cover that one.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it in too long either. So uh, maybe after we watch it my, my mind might change on it. Well, but, that's uh,
0: the thing. I actually rewatched a couple of these since you were you were on vacation for a few weeks, and I could kind of have some free reign. And there were a couple on my list where I'm like, I need to rewatch this to see if it's really still on my top five. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Just like that's the hard part it.
0: about it, man. How do you, do you do it? Like the first time I saw it, I loved it, or I a lot of mine are kind of based on rewatch value.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I feel like these are movies that I've seen like definitely more than once, and like I've kind of held up. Cause yeah, you're right. Otherwise, the, the, it could change pretty significantly,
0: right? Yeah. Well, I man, uh, you didn't hit on Poots in that one, but you're just one sequel away, right?
1: One sequel away. Yeah, it was. That was the other great thing about that. It was foreshadowing the emergence of Imogene Poots in the sequel.
0: Well, I think we know what your number four is going to
1: be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, uh cool so, man, was that's your number great. Five?
0: I'm glad you chose that. It's yeah, that was a terrifying movie to me. And I really like that dude who plays the lead. I can't think of his name. Oh. Or... Uh
1: yeah. He's he like plays uh he's in like so he and Murphy. Be- yeah, right. Yep. Scarecrow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a cool dude. I like that. Yeah. Him.
0: Uh um, all right. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Anything else you wanna you wanna get in there about that one before we uh
1: no. What do you what do you got as your number five?
0: All right. Uh, number five, I've got the evil dead from 1981.
1: Oh, interesting. I thought that would be like one of your top ones or like one, two or three or something, but yeah, go on. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, it's always been up there in my mind. Like I know this is one of my all time favorites and I rewatched it recently. And I've, I mean, I'm seen it probably at least five times. Um, and I think one of the only things that's keeping it from being higher is the first half of it I don't think it was like this on my first watch, but after many rewatches, when you're just waiting for the bonkers second half, the first half feels a little slow.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: I don't think that's necessarily a knock against the movie. I just think it's, you know, a rewatch thing. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Especially if you know what's coming. Uh, You're just kind of like waiting for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But man, I mean, this movie was so low budget and it still has some of the best like sequences and shots and moments. In all of horror history, in my opinion, of the little window of horror history that I have seen. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's common for people to talk about this movie as being funny. Yeah. Which I never really understood that. I mean, I do. Uh, I do get it. and But I think a lot of people put a lot of what Evil Dead 2 was onto this movie. Like, oh, yeah in their minds, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it is humorous in some degree because it's so outrageous, but this legit scared me. I didn't see this movie until I was, like, 23, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think I've maybe told I can't remember if I told you before or just talked about it on the podcast, but I liked horror as a kid, and then I kind of lost it, and then one weekend my live-in girlfriend was out of town, and I Netflixed. The Evil Dead and Suspiria and watched them both. I had never seen either, and I was just like, well, shit. <laughs> Horror is awesome. Yeah, get back into this. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um, I, I, You know, I, I feel like I haven't uh, seen it in a long time, and I, I, after hearing you talk about it, I really want to go back and, and see it. And, and you, uh, like, I think more recently I probably saw the remake, which wasn't obviously as good, right, as the original.
0: It wasn't, but it was very good. Yeah,
1: yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I, I thought it was I might pretty-
0: have seen the remake with you, actually.
1: In Chicago at some point?
0: Yeah, there was a theater right near some bar restaurant that did like a $10 burger, whiskey, PBR yeah, deal. Yeah. It still
1: does that, except it's like uh, $18 now. But yeah. Right. <laughs> What's Inflation. that place called? Owen oh, and an Engine. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I know I burger. did that with like Amy and Joseph. I can't remember if you were there or not. I think so. I think I remember thinking about that burger while I was
0: watching this. <laughs> and I think the first time that you saw this was Amy had us over to watch it.
1: Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah. No, great great film and it, I think also like it's had a huge cultural impact right or uh, at least on the genre and like it's obviously spawned a, a bunch of offshoots from it but it seems like one that's pretty big uh, culturally for horror films.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean it was a trilogy, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness kickstarted Sam Raimi's career who went on to do the Spider-Man trilogy. Drive mm-hmm. me to hell. Um, and Bruce Campbell was in this one, right? Bruce Campbell, yeah. Mm-hmm. And man, he's like, the script is, there aren't, the characters are just kind of thin. Mm-hmm. But to Bruce Campbell's credit, he really makes Ash feel pretty fleshed out. And yeah. he is, he is part of what the comedy is. It's just his like extreme reactions to what's going on.
2: Yeah, right.
0: Um, but I think it's pretty, pretty comedy light and maybe only comedy apparent until you've seen it a time or two. Yeah. But it's just like crazy gory. It's a little splat sticky even though I'm still sticking by the fact that it's not crazy humorous. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are still things that are – I rewatched it a few days ago. There are still things that scare me like that card – oh, you may not remember this scene. But I think the first time you realize someone's possessed, she's just playing a card guessing game and gets all of them right. Oh, Okay. And it's just like a stupid moment, but it's just done so effectively. There's a demon in the basement that just won't stop pounding on the door. Yeah, and it's just like relentless and incessant. And it, once the second and a half of the movie comes, it just never stops. And I just, yeah. I love that when a movie is just like pedal to the metal. Yeah, oh, that's
1: awesome. Is that uh, on Netflix right now or
0: any sh- streaming anywhere? Oh, uh, God, I just watched it, so you think I would know? I think it was on Netflix.
1: Oh, cool awesome well, yeah I'll, I'll definitely check that out again it's got me excited yeah. about it
0: yeah and I, I like goopy gore and that's this has plenty of it yeah yeah right that uh, okay really man going. I feel like I, I rambled about that so what's your uh what's your number four
1: uh number four and I, I have a I'm wondering if you have this on your list at all because uh, I, I think we've talked about this but uh haven't reviewed it yet for the uh, this podcast but Uh, I really enjoyed It Follows uh, from a few years ago. Maybe it was like 2015 or 16 or something. Um, Just like a really scary movie and like a pretty uh, bare bones premise, Uh, but like original enough and like the the direction behind it was like really good. Uh, Characters were great and just like really gets under your skin uh, at like a supernatural level. And just the way like the monsters are portrayed in this as like people you know, uh, and that kind of like familiarity with uh, these people who are trying to kill you or these these monsters. I think that's something that like felt really fresh uh, and well done in this film. So, yeah, I had to, It Follows those number four.
0: Nice, man. Yeah, I, I love It Follows. And, yeah, I was going to say this about Evil Dead, but something that scared me so much as a kid, I had this, like, recurring waking nightmare that I would have a bad dream, go into my parents' room, and they would just, like, awkwardly sit up in bed with this <laughs> weird look in their eye, and I would know, like, it was no longer them. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's right. what The Evil Dead touched on, and then, yeah, It Follows kind of touches on that, too, like, in a different way. Yeah, yep, uh, yeah, it's not demons possessing people, but yeah, it hits—it hits on that same scariness.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess that is kind of like the scariest thing, right? Like someone you know or think you know is like not being them. That—that that is a right. scary. Right, and I know
0: that's scary about zombie movies too. But in a zombie movie, they're so mindless. It's just like, yeah. Oh well, too bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I've they to put have you a, down.
1: Yeah, it's—it's it's like they don't have a personality. Whereas, like in these ones, maybe Evil Dead, like they do have a personality, and it's just like way different. Right.
0: Yeah. I feel like it follows is so original, but it's also just such a send up of like eighties horror and the Michael Myers esque character that just keeps walking but always catches up with you. Like yeah. it's almost a spoof, but it's a very serious, very heartfelt movie.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's that's true. Uh yeah. yeah. It has like that stalking vibe, uh, something slowly coming after you, like the slow sense of dread, uh that yeah, a lot of those eighties movies did. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yep. Yep. And, uh, we had just talked about, um, before this, we just recorded our Invisible Man episode, which is probably listening time a few episodes back, but we talked a lot in that episode about how the camera pans, like, across the space, and that happens so much and It Follows. like Yeah. It's an important part of this movie because the enemy could come from anywhere. Yeah. And look like anything. So... It's not gonna just jump out at you. You've like really gotta scan the space if you are that like if you're Jay, the main character, like right. you've gotta always be analyzing three sixty degrees what's around you. Yeah. And if there are people, are they <laughs> acting normal? Or are they walking? Or are they walking towards you? Like, yeah, yeah, a, exactly. It's a rich setup.
1: Yeah, yeah. There are definitely like a few scenes in there that like you stick with you and it's it's like that like you don't know where they're coming from or, or they're coming towards you like really slowly, like with this dead face. And, uh, yeah, that like, like sense of paranoia about it. Uh, yeah, wild. Yeah. Pretty good stuff.
0: Um, what, and then, what about you? And there's a great comic oh. relief scene in there, too, where somebody's like, Do you see that person? And everyone's like, Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's funny. The first time I saw that movie, uh, I think I, I smoked too much beforehand. <laughs> so, mm. like, uh, I, I barely remembered any of it, but then, uh, yeah, watch on on a rewatch, it was just like, holy shit, this is like really scary. Uh but that was one of the rare times I got high.
0: Yeah. Smoked think. that bliss.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh what about you? What do you what do you got for number four? Uh
0: number four, we've talked about it on the podcast before, uh Dead Alive slash braindead from nineteen ninety two from ah, Peter Jackson.
1: Cool. Yeah. I was wondering if you were gonna throw in like a slapstick one. Uh
0: yeah, and I mean it's pretty it's Similar to the appeal one of the things that appeals to me about the Evil Dead is that it's balls to the wall, nonstop action, once it hits a certain point and they're goop and guts and blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. And boy, like Dead Alive Brain Dead is just the prime example of that. Like yeah. I I knew it was in my top ten, but then this last time when we rewatched it for the podcast, I was just laughing so hard and <laughs> Even when I rewatch like classic comedy movies from my childhood, I don't necessarily laugh as hard as I was laughing at this. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's so gross, so yeah. over the top. So, over but the it's top. so creative, and it's got this clear and concise plot and developed characters, and yeah, like a love story that I was pretty attached to.
1: Yeah, yeah, and some like great like catch lines throughout the whole movie, like the stuff the preacher says, the mom yeah. like showing up at the end,
0: like I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really smart, done movie. I feel like uh, so many iconic moments, like the intestines that that were coming after people. Yep. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, it's a movie I can watch and be like, and a couple of the movies on this list, I'm like, I can make that movie, not I personally, but like, there are things I can say where like, maybe this would have improved the movie. Uh Uh-huh. Just my own personal opinion, but this one, I'm like, no, like, he did it. Like. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember like when I watched it, I, I feel I feel like the earlier part of like the whole romantic story kind of building, and it was like kind of cheesy. I was kind of uh, down about, but then like how well it like, complements like when everything goes down. Uh, I I think you're right. Like it's just kind of like perfection and how those two parts kind of meet together.
0: Right, you almost need that like over the top cheesy romance so yeah. that you have something to ground the yep. absolute chaos. Yeah, exactly. Um, like one of his other movies, um, Bad Taste is super gory and goopy and like makes you want to barf mm-hmm. and it's a good movie but it's just it doesn't really have any plot to, to really ground it it's just like a silly mess yeah yeah um so it's fun but this is like wow like that's a movie like <laughs> there's a good movie like in there somewhere like yeah i know uh, i know
1: and yeah. It, yeah you got a guy like P- it's peter jackson right he's the director
0: yeah, Peter Jackson, and so yeah. some of the set pieces in there like really set up some of the stuff he would do later with Lord of the Rings and stuff. Like, yeah, it's like an action movie, but the action is just like intestines farting and heads flying <laughs> off, and
1: yeah, yeah, it's like kind of blows my mind that that like that's him. Like, I mean, like you know we know him like today from like Lord of the Rings and like uh, King Kong and and stuff. But like, yeah, back it was like early '90s that movie came
0: out. Yeah, 1992.
1: Right. Yeah. Amazing that that's him, but I I think that that only speaks to like how uh, great of a director he is and how diverse.
0: Yeah. Pretty yep. Awesome. So that one's on there. It's just so much fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good one.
0: Uh. Yeah. So you're number three.
1: All right. My number three. Admittedly, I've only seen this once, uh, and I don't know if I could watch it again. But it was just like such a heavy hitter that uh, I feel like it deserved to be on this list. Uh, I had Hereditary as number three. Uh, Ari Aster's debut film, uh, obviously a very slow movie, really heavy. A lot of people hated it because it was very slow. Um, but there are just some really powerful moments that happen throughout this movie that like pull you in emotionally and kind of devastate you. And, and he kind of did that in Midsommar as well. But I just felt like this was a little more concise. The characters were really well fleshed out. There was this overarching comparison of what was happening on screen to like this idea of uh, people like living in a dollhouse or something. And then the payout that you get at the end is like one of the best uh, climaxes I've seen uh, in a movie and, and like really, uh, I guess, compressed into like, you know, like what lasts like 10, 15 minutes or something. And, uh, and I think the formula worked out really well. Uh, so yeah, Her- Hereditary, I guess, would be my number three.
0: Nice. Yeah, that movie I think I gave that a 4. I don't even know if I'd put that on like my top. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty far back just cuz it was so there was so much drudgery in there like just yep. lengthwise and like seeing the suffering of this family, but I I totally agree with you man that ending was so good to me like Yeah. That was the best last 10 to 15 minutes of a horror movie. You know. That's top ten endings of horror movie for me
1: for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, it, it's a hard one because, like, throughout the whole movie, it's it's not even like really a horror movie. It's just like this really depressing drama. But uh, and you know, if they didn't have that ending there, I think the whole movie would have uh, collapsed or like not lived up to anything. But uh, I just feel like that kind of payout after being under like so much dread and like uh, depression is just really like unique to to see that happen.
0: Yeah, man. I I thought, and I know some people think the ending is wacky or like. Uh, undoes some of the seriousness and the grief in the first two-thirds of the movie or three-fourths of the movie, but I needed it. By that time, I was ready for something <laughs> yeah, something to happen that was a little like less grounded in reality and real, true suffering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I loved it. I just loved where it went with it. Another movie, and I don't want to do any spoilers for anything, but It Comes at Night, which was an episode we recorded and lost. Oh, yeah. Uh, was... A similar vibe and did not have an ending like hereditary and mm-hmm. consequently I did not like it nearly as much as hereditary
1: yeah yeah I, th- I think we've seen like a, I don't know I think of like a lot of uh, who's the director who did uh, Gretel and Hansel what's what's that guy's name again Oz,
0: uh... Oz Perkins
1: yeah yeah and I, I feel like he's an example of like someone who does very slow films really well but then uh, maybe that like the key is like having an ending that like pays out and I think he's a good example of someone who doesn't always have like that landing, uh, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like the, the impact that can make.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how if you're gonna do a slow burn, how how are you gonna end it? I mean, yeah, that really dictates what kind of movie it is.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, cool. And, and I know we both were kind of uh, medium on Midsommar, which apparently everyone else like went nuts about for some reason.
0: But <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see more and more. Uh, mid more doubters that emerge huh. on twitter and be vocal but but yeah it's still so many people absolutely love that movie yeah I don't quite get it yeah yeah um, but yeah and then another thing in in hereditary is tony Collette gave like you know one of the yeah. best performances of the decade probably
1: right yeah yeah she was awesome in it yeah yeah cool what about you what do, what do you got for number three
0: uh so my number three i i mentioned last time that there are there are some movies in my list that i could say you know it would be better if if you did this or did that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and this movie i think is unique on my list because i i see zero flaws in it i think is an absolutely perfect movie and that is get out
1: oh nice
0: yep uh from 2017 i just think it's perfect like it's an hour and 44 minutes it's super efficient very yeah. smart smart scripts smart direction great acting Yep. it's funny and scary yeah um and it's it hit upon these social issues but had a sense of humor about it and didn't take itself too seriously right right like it hit the nose it needed to hit for sure yeah um but it was just it's also like so fun and so rewatchable and it gets better on rewatches and you find more every time that like you didn't catch
1: yeah yeah I was amazed when we uh, reviewed it this year there were like a bunch of things like hints that I, like dropped along the way that uh, I missed out on the first time yeah um, yeah
0: and I mean Daniel Kaluuya and Allison Williams both great performances and like really likable
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then god that scene with the maid and the cell phone is just one of the best moments oh
2: yeah right. in history
0: like <laughs> God, it's nuts!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So it's such a fresh and original movie, and uh, I, you know, I I love the uh, social horror genre. I I feel like that's uh, ticking up, um, and and Get Out, I think, like nails it out of the park on that one. Uh, What are like? I mean, like, if we look before Get Out, what were like? What other films do you think were like? Would you like Candyman or uh, any of like the uh, zombie movies, uh, Dawn of the Dead, or anything? Were social horror?
0: Yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot of movies when you go back that that you can point to as social horror. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead are often pointed to. Uh, yeah. They Live. Yeah, sure. Candyman, too. Yeah.
1: Um, sure. Yeah, I guess yeah, Get Out just and- felt like very, uh like, yeah, modern take on uh, social horror, which is awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it was just like, knocked my socks off. Yeah. Great. The first time I saw it, and it just for it to get better on rewatches is pretty incredible,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, like amazing soundtrack, too, with that one. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that is a solid okay. soundtrack, yep,
1: great acting, good one,
0: cool man. Uh, we're going through this faster than I thought. I thought this episode would be like two hours long,
1: I know, and it's about to go even faster because uh, my number two was Get Out, <laughs> so, everything Brian just said. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, just all of that like it's such a fresh original movie that uh, captured something that's like really relevant and uh, applicable today. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just thought really well executed, and that's one that I could watch like over and over again. Yeah, film.
0: yeah, same. Like I think that's going to be something I just over the decades that I just put on almost as like a comfort mu- movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's, I'm really excited to see uh, Candyman comes out this year. And Jordan Peele is producing it, but he's not
0: directing it, right? Correct. Uh, he's got a writing credit on there, too. Okay. Okay. He didn't cool. write it alone, but uh, yeah, producer, writing credit, and then it's directed by a woman named Nia, oh, is it Nia DaCosta, I think is her name? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hoping he can keep the momentum going. Yeah, I'm excited to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, so, what's uh, what's your number two?
0: No way, you gotta say. Oh, I uh, already did. It's yeah. <laughs> like you gotta do yours first. <laughs> uh, my number two, again, another one that's probably not a surprise is The Shining from uh, 1980.
1: Damn, I thought that was gonna be your number one.
0: Ah, uh, number one and number two, I like was kicking back and forth. I, yeah, I honestly still don't know which one is in the right slot, but I thought. Putting the uh, putting my number one where it is would build more suspense because otherwise I knew you'd be expecting The Shining at number one. Damn, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know what I was expecting. That's that's good. Uh, yeah. So why why The Shining?
0: I just feel like it's mesmerizing, man. Like the cinematography, the score, and the acting. It's just like hypnotic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a little unusual for me, like in terms of m- movies that I like, because. I tend to like things with a likable main character that are pretty efficient with a tight runtime and, like, nothing too crazy of a plot. Like, I I like a pretty forward plot with just a character whose arc I can identify with and watch the progress of. Yeah. And this one has a main character. Essentially, the main character is Jack, and he's not likable at all.
1: That's interesting. I actually thought he was very, like, identifiable, like, uh, relatable, because... It's kind of like his downward spiral, right? Uh, it being in isolation and like uh, falling uh, al- alcoholism, pressure of family work, all that stuff. I, I thought I, I thought that was one of the feats of the movie as they took this character. Um, like, was he a dick to begin with?
0: Yeah, he was, and I mean that's a lot of people's complaint with the movie too. Is in the book the dad wasn't a dick right up front. Like, he was a a good dad, presumably, um, mm-hmm. and the kid liked to be around him and. Jack's just creepy from the start in the movie. <laughs> I see, yeah. But I, I do, it's interesting to hear you say that. Like, I guess you could still identify with him to an extent, like.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I guess maybe, like, his character transformation during that movie, like, feels very, like, well-grounded and well-portrayed, because, uh, I mean, it's you have such a long, uh, how long is that movie, like, two and a half hours?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, and, and over that time, maybe just the amount of time you are spending with him or, like, the, the way, like, Stanley Kubrick, like, portrays everything, I, I feel like it just feels, like, very real in terms of how
0: things go down. Right, and I mean, let's be honest, like, there are so many families where there is a person, one of the parents, uh, who is just, like, miserable and not enjoying their time with their spouse or even their kid, like... Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That is real,
0: sad but true. Like, yeah. um, we don't want her to see it in a movie, but that's real.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um but
0: I've personally I think what like bridges the gap for me is that Wendy and Danny are really the heart and soul of the movie for me. Sure. Um and Shelley Duval's Duvall's performance I think really does so much for the movie and grounds it. Yeah. I don't think it would be the same movie without her.
1: Yeah, yeah. She did an amazing job. Uh You know, to me, that that seems like one of those movies, um, and I I know like we, uh, some of the older movies we see, just like the way they would um, record things back then, uh, they would, uh, I feel like a lot of times you get lucky and and, uh, just like the right elements coming together and like maybe like the right takes happening and you just capture like these random like uh, things that just make it like a real like working level of art that like you can't really replicate immediately or there isn't like a science behind it, but just like all these things kind of coming together. Uh, that's kind of what The Shining feels like uh, in a way.
0: Yeah, I could totally see that, man. And yeah, uh, I feel like the Overlook too. Like as I talked about in the Doctor Sleep episode, I truly, really, I really feel like it's a character in the story. Like yeah, and it's so huge and creepy and weird. Like I'm sure it's a strange space in real life, but like the panning shots and how it's filmed, it just makes it feel so overwhelmingly like right. big and empty. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's just like a horrifying source of everything that's going wrong. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Hey,
1: was it it shot in that hotel?
0: It was shot, you know what, I can't remember. It was definitely shot in a hotel, but the exterior was different than the interior. Like, it was two different hotels. Yeah, okay, Um, okay. I think, shoot, now I can't remember.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because, uh, yeah, I, I feel like you can like that, that uh the exterior that you see, you can go to that hotel, but that's maybe not exactly where they shot it on the inside. That's yeah,
0: and I right. went to the hotel that inspired the story. Yeah. That, like, Stephen King was at when he came up with the idea, but I don't think any filming happened at that hotel. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to have to listen to our Shining episode for, yeah. for actual <laughs> facts on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I many iconic remember. scenes on that movie. I feel like... Uh, Anywhere you go in pop culture, you're, you're running into the sh- scenes from The Shining. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I mean, for a movie to be like this long and this grim for such stretches, like it's crazy that it has so much rewatch value for me, but it it really does. And I think it's got a little bit of a, like a nostalgia comfort movie thing for me too, just because it aired on TNT or USA or something like constantly Yeah. in my yeah. like early teens. And I, I watched it a lot at that point in time. Damn. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah, classic. And uh and I love the fact that uh Stephen King is like kinda down on the movie. Cause yeah. like, yeah, I mean he's he's not uh I, I'm starting to think he's like overrated and I I appreciate like what Stanley Kubrick did, his angle and his take on it. I almost feel like it's more of his work than Stephen King's, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean the end feel of the movie is very much uh it's a great setup, but yeah, I think it's almost better that you've got these two conflicting forces working on it like yeah king wasn't wild about kubrick's interpretation and kubrick like criticized king that i think we talked about it in the episode uh i think king said kubrick was all head and no heart and kubrick said you know the opposite to you sir right (laughs) um and i think that this movie was like very heady uh but and honestly i think that's where Shelley duvall comes into play like she gave it more of a heart than it would have had i think
1: sure Yep, yep, yeah, she added that element.
0: And the kid that played Danny, uh, I'm sorry I don't know his name, but he did a great job, man.
1: Yeah, right, right. And he is in Doctor Sleep, right? Does he show up in there?
0: Yeah, just like a quick cameo, like in the background. Yeah.
1: Man, if, if you say that's your number one movie, I'm going to have to hang up. <laughs>
0: Doctor Sleep? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, here we go. I got my finger on the trigger.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm no, excited I'm to hear your number one, but I'm also excited to hear, I think maybe we'll do some honorable mentions of movies that we considered but didn't make the cut, so I'm excited yeah. to hear some of those, too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, uh, all right. So, yeah, what's what's number one for you?
1: So, my number one, uh, you know, finally, <laughs> something that's more of a classic, because like all these other movies, obviously, are from like the last 10, 15 years, uh, but yeah, going back to what I, I think is like one of the original uh, great horror films that really got the formula down right. Uh, great cast, uh, great story, and, and just really well produced. Uh, the original Halloween, uh, I think, is like kind of an all time classic. It set like a great template up of like what uh, a horror film should be. And like the pacing was just very organic. The acting was great. The original score done by John Carpenter is so iconic. And I think it really stood out uh, as like one of those movies in the late 70s, early 80s that uh, brought kind of uh, that whole slasher vibe in the right way. And uh yeah, has has had like a huge cultural impact. So yeah, Halloween was my number one.
0: Nice, man. I was wondering if that that might show up for you. Yeah, it's that's not in my uh that may not even be in my top ten, but it's probably in my top twenty five or something, man. It's it's Ah, no kidding. I th- I yeah. think just that I don't love slashers is yeah. why it's not up higher, but it's it's so efficient. It's so admirable. Like yeah. um, I think that some of the, uh, like, side characters in that movie are kind of dumb or, like, kind of vapid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe they're supposed to be, but it's just such an efficient exercise in suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it it laid the groundwork for what, what a horror movie could and should be going forward, and it just it kicked right. off the 80s. I mean, it was it was in 78, but... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and it, that really, even though it wasn't the first slasher, it really... It really kicked it off
1: yeah yeah sure and in like the minimal budget and like how well it did uh right. i'm with you like i slash is like probably one of my uh least favorite like when it comes to different subgenres of horror uh and this one i kind of liked because uh like one i didn't feel like there was much slashing and really what you have is just like this ominous character who's like not really man not really like a uh, supernatural creature or something but just kind of, like, stalking this girl who's just, like, really well-developed as a character in this, like, suburban neighborhood, which became, like, this popular formula after that. Um, Right, and
0: kind Mm
1: of—oh, go ahead. No, 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 that was it. Go for it.
0: And kind of what happened with the formula after that, largely probably due to Friday the 13th, is that the body counts got way higher and the gore got gorier.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And, yeah, really, there's not that many people that die, and when they do, you don't see that much.
2: Right,
1: yeah.
0: um but god i think it's light years ahead of so many other slashers that came after it in terms of suspense and actual scariness yeah yeah exactly i I like they took a different approach with this one yeah Uh, i I hear you honestly i feel like i the next time i watch it it might it might bump up a few slots on my (laughs) my imaginary top 25 sure
1: (laughs) that'd be a good list love to see that one yeah (laughs) uh what about you what's what's your number
0: one uh, so I've been trying to keep it close to the vest and not react too much because you already mentioned it, but my number one is It Follows. Ah, uh, no kidding. Really? Holy shit. I fucking shit. love this movie, man. Yeah. That's It's awesome. so good.
1: Yeah. That, I never would have imagined you would have picked like a movie from this decade as the number one horror film.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just like got some, there's something to it that I can't quite put my finger on that just like makes it feel really close to my heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is for sure it, but I feel like this movie perfectly captures like a middle class neighborhood in in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. Like what they wear, what they drive, and like what the inside of the house looks like and them just sitting around killing time.
1: Yeah, like summer vacation for like teenagers basically in like suburbs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and growing up I spent I was younger, a lot younger than the characters in this movie, but my aunt was like my babysitter for for years Mm -hmm. Um, and she had two daughters and then it was me and my sister so I was like the one guy with three girls Mm -hmm. uh, similar to the movie and her neighborhood just reminds me and looks so much like this neighborhood
2: yeah sure
0: and it just think it it makes me think about childhood and like the time I spent in that neighborhood I also in high school had a friend in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. it just like really captures like sitting around killing time but like being with your best friends, mm-hmm. and doing, like, absolutely nothing. Right, right. <laughs> and not even saying much of anything, but everyone just felt so close, and you felt like you knew the character so much, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's something really familiar about, like, the space and the atmosphere this movie creates.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it was so authentic, like, all the dialogue and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. in the first five or ten minutes, you you meet the characters, and Jay, the main character, comes in from the pool, and she barely says anything to her sister, but she just like flops her wet hair into her face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and her sister's like, stop. And then the other girl like makes a fart joke. And then Paul is the only guy is like, they on him for being a creep or whatever. And mm-hmm. like, that's it. But it's just so, it sounds dumb me saying it now, but it was so authentic the way they did it.
1: Yeah. Does it, it almost like, I, does, is that an indie film? Uh, would you consider that one?
0: Like an independent film? Yeah, I think so. And this director, David Robert Mitchell, really hasn't done much else.
1: I know. It's so weird. I was trying to find like other movies uh, he's done. He's
0: like, Yeah, uh, Under the Silver Lake is the only one I'd really heard of, which I think is a bit of a thriller, but I've never mm-hmm. seen it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. He like kind of just blew it out of the park with this one and then goes silent. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's something about this movie, just, like, how natural it is and very familiar. I, I think us, like, in, in our generation especially, because does it it does take place in the 80s, right?
0: Dude, that's a, a weird thing about this movie is it's, like, such a... Um, it's almost anachronistic. Like, the one character has this e-reader, like a Kindle, mm-hmm. but then... There are landline phones, and the decor in the houses is very 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah. That's
2: uh,
0: a- so you don't know what time period it is. It has to be post-2000s with the e-reader, but uh uh-huh. for all other, uh, everything else makes it seem like the 80s.
1: Yeah, maybe that's just like what the suburbs are like these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was kind of accurate, too, as to like um, one thing that i f- found interesting. I once heard a podcast with a set decorator or production designer from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how they designed Will's house and they were like, "Well, it was the 80s, but they didn't have a lot of money, so the house had to be 70s because they wouldn't oh. have updated
1: it." Oh, sure, sure.
0: And so part of me is like, "Well, that's why this house looks like it's from the 90s because yeah. They kind of in- imply that they don't have much money." Yeah, yeah. Like the dad is passed away, the mom Seems to have a pro- like a problem with alcohol. Yep. Uh, it just seems like money's tight. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a um, lot of sense. There are all these kids who are going to community college. You can infer. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, working at like ice cream stands and stuff. There's so much of this movie too. Like it's such a rich story, and they all have like rich backstories, but none of it is very upfront. Like you've got right. to piece it together throughout the whole movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's like told to you at all. It's, it's very like organically. Uh. Like yeah. They kind of setting of the environments and everything that you kind of put it together. Yeah. It's
0: really well done. Yeah, and I I think it really captures, like, everyone's adults, like, legally, because, well, maybe not under younger sister, because it's about sex. Like, they have to be grown-ups. But it really seems like a movie about childhood and captures a bit of, the like, Stephen King, kids versus the enemy without telling any parents. Right, right. Um, And I feel like it just captures this moment of in-between childhood and adulthood, Especially with Jay, like, mm-hmm. feels like a coming of age story with her. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Damn, um, yeah, I didn't realize this is not in one. I, I definitely want to rewatch it soon, then.
0: Oh, yeah, man, I love it so much. And I rewatched it again before this, oh, like a week ago, and, and it's so great. It holds up. Yeah, and the score, we haven't mentioned the score. One of the best scores of all time.
1: Yeah. Uh, was it like synthesizers, like heavy notes?
0: Yeah, it's very synth-heavy. I would look yeah. it up. It, it's fun to listen to even just while you're working. It's by an artist called Disaster Beast. Oh, cool.
1: Cool. Yeah, ah, good pick, man. I Yeah, I, I remember really loving that one, and it's
0: been a while since I've seen it. But, yeah, uh, and you know, one of the weaknesses of this movie to me was the third act, but um, this was the first time that I rewatched it after many rewatches where I actually kind of dug the third act.
1: Oh, okay. Third act, like the swimming pool?
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and yeah. in, in a, so, I, I mean not to give away the ending but uh, i I kind of like how it ends too there's like kind of an ominous feel to it
0: I love the ending yeah 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 and i love I love Paul, I love that character, yeah yeah, he's pretty lovable yeah yeah uh, that was the same cinematog- cinematographer who did us, I realized
1: today, oh wow, damn, I definitely would have connected that interesting, yeah. Uh, much, much different settings, right? Like us is like mostly on like a beach or like beach, uh, beach
0: yeah, I guess now that I'm thinking, I need to rewatch that movie, but a good amount of it does take place kind of like half in the daylight, half at night. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You do have a number of de- daylight scenes.
0: There's actually a lot of daylight and it follows too.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And the beach scene. That's one of the things that creeped me out about it the most. Like, well, it's it's not a movie that like it relies on like being at night or like jump out scares and like That a lot of that, and I think it goes to what you're saying about it just feeling like very organic and stuff. Uh, a lot of it does take place in the daytime.
0: Is, you know, I was thinking that uh, th- maybe yesterday I was thinking about my top five list and I was like, it's mostly pretty bright. Like all these movies are fairly well lit. Uh huh. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a modern thing in, in horror and honestly sometimes subpar horror where you just straight up can't see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but sure. But none of these movies, I feel, do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. It was a pretty, pretty well illuminated. I think that makes a big difference. I mean, yeah, lighting can be a disaster. Yeah. If you don't get it right.
0: Uh, uh, cool, man. So yeah. So run through your top five again real quick. Just the list.
1: Oh, 28 Days Later, It Follows, Hereditary, Get Out, Halloween. You?
0: All right, so we have two overlapping. So the Evil Dead, Dead Alive, Get Out, The Shining, It follows.
1: Cool. So it sounds like I win, right?
0: <laughs> I'm sure we'll get some feedback from listeners. I'm ex- I'm excited.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear what others have to say. Uh, what, what were yeah. some of the ones uh, you were struggling with to put on this list, or to make your? So top one,
0: one, I think the one that was the closest to being on this list, which I thought may be on your list, was Scream.
1: Oh yeah, I had that on my list too. Number. Uh I had seven, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, did you did you do a top ten?
1: Uh, yeah. I I I guess top eleven, but yeah.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: But yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering, Scream, uh, and that's kind of where like I deferred to Halloween because I, I realized like there's got to be like a slasher in here or like something that pays tribute or like influenced that genre.
0: Right. Um, so what was your number six then? If Scream was seven.
1: Ooh, uh, Blair Witch, just because uh, I love like handheld stuff or like found footage. And uh, I was trying to figure out, like Blair Witch versus like Paranormal Activity, or like like some something's got to go in there that captures that. So, uh, so something between Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, I guess.
0: Blair Blair Witch was on my on men's too. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Nice, nice. What what other ones did you have?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with another one that I feel like could have been on yours. Mhm. It from 2017. Oh
1: no, I didn't have it at all. I'm I'm kind of down on Stephen King, man. Yeah? Yeah. You
0: loved that movie, though. You
1: gave it a five. Oh, I did? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I, re- I I think the second one kind of killed the first one for me a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I think sometimes you like to be a contrarian, too, so something's trending. Yeah, sure. <laughs> go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did you have It on your list?
0: I did, yeah. That's why we're Great. talking about it right now.
1: Oh, okay. One of
0: those top ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long night.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another one uh, that, that I struggled with step for top one was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you have that
0: anywhere? I was wondering if that might show up on yours. No, that's not. I don't like that movie enough for it to be in my top 10, but, but I do. I I respect it. I admire it. So yeah. maybe that's a top 25-er for me.
1: Yeah, same. Like I feel like when we talked about it, it's like really scary and gritty and stuff, but it's like not one you could go back and just rewatch. It's not, not like yeah. fun to watch or anything.
0: Yeah, to, to back up, I just rewatched Scream yesterday because I was like, I gotta figure out if this really is in my top five. And and it didn't make it. Didn't make it. I mean, it's still really fun, but there were yeah, there were things about it where maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times. I was just like, okay, this isn't. I, The Evil Dead was another one that I hadn't. I knew would be near the top, but I hadn't seen recently, so I rewatched that and Scream and. Wow. Man. I was finding myself giggling and. Ooing and eyeing at the Evil Dead a bit more. Yeah, but man, yeah. the opening scene to Scream is incredible.
1: Yeah, that's one of the best. It really is with the uh, Jew Barrymore.
0: Yeah, so I like turned it on and I'm like, shit, man, this movie's gonna be in my top five. And then it, yeah. it doesn't fizzle out, but that is that's the highlight of the movie. Yeah, definitely. watch
1: Yeah, yep uh yeah that's a really interesting one because i feel like that was very important for us culturally growing up like uh i I think like we're all teenagers when it came out and like that was probably the reemergence of the slasher genre in a way but like kind of trolling it at the same time
0: yeah and i mean that was i think that was the first horror movie i saw well the craft i think was the first horror movie i saw Mm. well yeah i feel like scream might have been the first horror movie i saw in theaters
1: yeah i kind of that's like one of my earliest memory uh Memories of, like, a horror film in theaters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's near and dear for sure. Yeah, it's, it was formative for our age group, I think.
1: Yep, yep. Um, did you have, like, other ones I had was, was like, Ilyin, uh The Witch. Um, I think that rounds out the ones
0: I had. Did, did you have either of those? Uh, I didn't, no. Oh. I had, the other, other two I had were Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. which is in my top ten for sure, but I feel like the last time I watched it, I was like, yeah, it's 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 not perfect. Sure. Um, it, it is, you know, it is great. It is black and white, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: one knock against. And
0: uh honestly, the two closest to being in there were Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. The original. Which we need to cover soon. Sure. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while since you've seen that, I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah, it has it's been a long time. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, what else? It feels like we got to be missing some movies from you if you had 11.
1: Um, well, so there were like the five that I mentioned in the list, and then Paranormal, Texas Chainsaw, Blair Witch, Scream, Alien, The Witch. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, Paranormal. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of value in that Paranormal activity, the franchise. I, I know it kind of got watered down, but that original one, like on a budget of 15000 the amount of money it made, and uh, just what it did for that, uh, the found footage genre, I thought was uh, pretty impactful.
0: Yeah, man. I the first time I saw that first one in the theater, it was a hell of a ride. I thought. I think I just went to see that with. I think it was just me and Margo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Are we we pretty... were both like, that was pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. That's <laughs> that's a wild one. Yeah, I think that first one that came out just like surprised the shit out of everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure, man.
1: Yeah. Um, do you have you have any other other ones?
0: Uh, I don't. But I accidentally stumbled upon. I didn't plan to do an Ohio connection in this episode, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. And I know I've been outsourcing them to Alex, but the last time I was in Ohio, I think he gave me a copy of the Cleveland Scene magazine with a guy named Alan Tusks on the cover. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it: T U S K E S. Okay. Uh, a special effects guy, and he did the. He worked on makeup effects for It Follows. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to rewatch um, that one. It's all some of the other oh, ones on God, this list. It's
0: so so good.
1: Yeah, and you just saw it recently again.
0: I did, yep. Yeah, cool, cool. It used to be on Netflix, but no more. I know, I know, that's a bummer. And now my TV's doing this weird thing where it says Shutter has it, but it won't ever play. <laughs> it's just so with I just you. rented it.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, cool, yeah, I'm surprised. Pretty decent list, only two overlaps uh, between us. Not uh, Not bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was worried we'd have like four
1: overlaps and it would be boring as hell. <laughs> I thought all of yours would be like from the seventies and eighties, but
0: not didn't seem so. Yeah, mine were pretty recent. Yeah, I think the shining's probably your oldest uh, one. I've got one eighties, one nineties. No wait. Two eighties, one nineties, and then two from the past decade.
1: Yeah. Impressive. Look at you with the modern times.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good.
0: Uh, cool. Well, anything else, buddy?
1: Uh, no. It's it's been fun. i mean, uh, I feel like we should do this every uh, hundred episodes. We'll do a recap to see if these are still our top five. Uh,
0: let's on two hundred maybe. Let's count down our top five from a certain subgenre.
1: Oh, cool. All right, that'll that'll make it a little easier.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we've got a hundred episodes to change our mind. Just an idea.
1: Yeah, uh, it would still be horror. We <laughs> we branch. Out. Yeah, well, and we'll do. <laughs> we'll
0: do documentaries.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: uh, by the way, man, I've been uh, in little snippets watching uh, Horror Noir. Uh, what is that? Which has been out for a while. It's a documentary um, on Shudder about like black representation in horror movies. Wow, cool. It's really good so far. Oh, awesome.
1: You know, I need to get Shudder. I, I don't know why I don't have that.
0: Yeah, you should. And then another one that's on VOD... Now, which probably by the time people hear this, it will have been for a month or two as a documentary on Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that I'm excited to see.
1: Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of random. They picked two. Are they doing like all of them or are they just doing...
0: Well, the, uh, that one, the screenwriter wrote the character as gay, even though it was, oh. it was obvious in the movie, but not like uh, explicit mm-hmm. that he was clearly gay and it is a documentary about the actor who played that that character sure um and who's gay in real life um yeah. and his journey and his journey specifically as to how that movie was received and how it affected his life and yeah it sounds really good cool awesome yeah
1: i'll have to get on, get on these uh, horror documentaries
0: yeah uh i wouldn't be surprised if that one shows up on shutter in a few months
1: okay yeah nice Nice. I'll I'll jump cool. on shutter.
0: alright alright man well I guess that's it uh, thanks again everybody the 100 episodes has been a blast I know that we're still not very smart but I feel a hell of a lot smarter than episode 1 don't you buddy
1: yeah I feel like I can, I, I can like kind of speak in complete sentences for the most part now that's, <laughs> that's kind of a big win for me
0: but yeah <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's good <laughs> uh, you know who Vincent Price is now yeah <laughs> yeah
1: really grown i know i know we're we're
0: getting there yeah uh all right well thanks everybody um if you enjoyed it uh if you enjoy our show on well, god it's time to call it a night if you enjoy our show in general give us a five star rating on itunes our social links are on our website horrormovieclub.com you can also find some written reviews and articles there uh, shoot us an email podcast@horrormovieclub.com. let us know what your top five are if you want to on Twitter or Facebook or Discord uh, our logo is done by Amy Mae Art. check her out on Etsy.com and I don't have it until next time until next time think about your top five and maybe we'll do an episode on it yeah cool awesome right. later everybody thanks again thanks